0: Dateline, March 13th, 2011. Well, good day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 139. (sighs) Grant, I'm really bored after last week.
1: I know, I know. Have you have you feeling like you've recovered, mate? I mean, Avalon was just absolutely awesome. It finished for you on Sunday, but for me on Monday. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, um, you know, we managed to bag an extra photography session. Uh, I couldn't go. I probably would have been murdered if I'd gone on one more <laughs> day. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Last week was so much fun. I haven't had that much fun in years. And, you know, coming back this week and back driving trains. Uh.
1: Boring. Oh, it's just not quite the same is it, as it is, you know, crawling through a B 52, sitting on the wing of a CA 27 Sabre, getting the hero shot as I climb into it, and, uh, hmm, crawling all into the boomer pot of a KC 135. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, look, you know, work pays the bills, but it's just not quite the same, is it?
0: Absolutely not. Well, uh, one of the biggest challenges uh, I faced this week was uh, setting my studio back up and getting all my recording gear back in the right spot and all set up. So I hope this sounds all right when I do it in post.
1: Yeah, Well, we'll find out soon enough. I still have piles of paperwork to go through. Well, speaking of the
0: Australian International Air Show at Avalon, uh, Grant, an article here in Australian Aviation uh, saying that the crowd numbers were up compared to previous years. And I'd have to say, uh, particularly compared to 2009, where uh, obviously the global financial crisis was in full swing at that time plus the weather was terrible in o-
1: oh look 09 was a disaster because it was of the terrible weather in 09 so yeah this this year it was um the,
0: it was very very crowded this year and very positive
1: Oh yeah, and they did some great stuff on the uh, night show uh, from B-1Bs and uh, aircraft going on full afterburner such as the uh, RAF Super Hornets, uh, flares, lasers. They had everything going apparently, uh, although we didn't get to see that because we, we were good boys and went home to rest before coming back and going hard the next day with all our interviews. But yeah, it was great. I'm really happy to hear that they uh, they had a strong turnout. It, uh, I, I certainly did see evidence of lots of crowds on the Saturday and Sunday.
0: Yeah, Ian Honory, the uh, CEO, of air shows down under the company that runs the air show uh, says uh, that uh, crowd numbers were set to exceed 180,000, and uh, that's just over the public days, which is only uh, two and a half days. So, uh, excellent stuff. And, uh, Grant, you know, of the many, many people we bumped into and interviewed there, we, we bumped into someone who knew Max.
1: Yeah, that's right, mate. It was great to run into someone who knew Max, and uh, although she declined to be interviewed, it was uh, it was pretty cool to meet up with her and uh, find that we're only, like, you know, one step removed from the man himself. Mm. Boy, some of those stories. Gee, Max is a really wild and crazy guy, it turns I out. I know, I know. I thought it was just us making stories about parties, but no.
0: He sounds like such a quiet fella
1: too. Mate, it's the quiet ones you've got to watch out for. <laughs> I don't know, Grant, I think all we can say is this. Oh, well, hey, you know, we did run into Matt Hall, but yeah, okay, we can use that sound effect for a couple of people, I guess. Yeah. Just a reminder, folks, we we did put out a show,
0: for those of you who haven't heard, we did put out, uh, there were six days of the air show, we put out six episodes, and uh, we'll probably have two and maybe even three episodes worth of uh, additional content uh, to come, including video.
1: That's right. So don't wait for the other episodes to come out. If you haven't listened to the dailies, go listen to them, because the content that's been in the dailies probably won't wind up in the uh, after show episodes, so uh, especially stuff. Stuff like my uh, my chat with Simo, the uh, CA 27 Sabre pilot. He has some great insights and discussions about what it's like to fly the, uh, the CA 27.
0: Absolutely. Okay, enough shameless self promotion. Let's talk about Virgin Blue. Um, you know, now we've talked recently about them buying some new aircraft, and the first of their
1: A330s has arrived on our
0: shores. And Grant, it's painted all white. Why is that?
1: Well, they're still working on their new branding. Um, as we've heard recently, uh, Virgin Blue is going to drop the word blue, and they're looking at reassessing everything related to V-Australia, Virgin Blue, Pacific Blue, and all the other blues. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they um, come around with their new branding. They have, as we've previously reported, they have released new uh, business class layouts, new uniforms, and there is the discussion that uh, blue will be dropped. But hey, X-Ray Foxtrot Alpha, the first of their A330s, has arrived in from Emirates.
0: Yeah, now it's not exactly a new aircraft. In fact, it's uh, it's actually 11 years old. It's an ex-Emirates plane, came into service in October uh, I guess for the airplane spotters uh, amongst you, the uh, former registration of this aircraft was A6-EAB. Uh, it's now VHXFA. So, well, actually, it's so new. In fact, there's no photos of it yet on airliners.net. Wow. <laughs> At least not in uh, not in virgin colours, so in virgin blue colours. So there you go. Uh, interesting, too, that, um, you know, the, the redesign of the, the interiors and, in fact, uh, a lot of other aspects of uh, the Virgin brand here in Australia has actually been uh, done by someone who was uh, pretty closely associated previously with Qantas. That's a gentleman by the name of uh, Hans Holzbosch. Well, actually, uh, he's he's been associated with a lot of Australian brands, not only airlines, but uh, yeah, he, he spent a lot of time designing for Qantas, and it looks like uh, John Borghetti has uh, poached him across to uh, do the same job for Virgin Blue.
1: Yeah, yet another uh, Qantas-related person poached by John Borghetti. Hans is doing a lot of work, ranging from the new interior colours, the uh, staff uniforms, the whole branding aspect, how everything's going to look. He's doing a top-to-bottom revision, you might say
0: Now, fuel charges, we've been talking about that a lot, Grant, and fuel surcharges, uh, it's been quite a theme with us over the last few episodes, and uh, particularly with our friends at Qantas. And uh, as the the oil price skyrockets further higher, um, so does Qantas' fuel surcharge. They're putting it up again.
1: That's right. They've just put it up again around uh, the 9th of March, just in time for the earthquake in Japan to drop the bottom out of the fuel price and see it tumble away. So uh, it's going to be very um, topical to watch that and see if those surcharges stay high or if they're going to be dropped back down again depending on whether the price of oil comes back up quickly or not. But uh, yeah, they've declared that uh, they need to Put it up again because jet fuel prices have gone up. And you know, it's entirely likely they're saying that there's going to be more of them coming up in the future. Yeah, now, uh, as the price of
0: oil uh, pushes on past $100 US per barrel, Qantas had uh, previously stated that their flights from Australia to European destinations was going up to $145. Uh, they're now lifting that to $190. That's quite a lift. And flights from uh, Australia to the US, Canada, South America, South Africa, and India, it's rising from $115 up to one hundred dollars Fifty dollars. So that's uh, quite a dramatic jump.
1: It is indeed, mate. I don't know where this one's going because if the fuel stays down after the earthquake in uh, in Japan and prices don't come back up very high, if they stay down around uh, the 100 the mark instead of coming back up to where they were, then there's a chance that maybe they're going to just keep that surcharge and I don't think they're going to drop at any time in a hurry. But uh, maybe they're warning that uh, another fuel surcharge in the near future may not happen. I mean, this is sort of like watching the um, federal bank putting rates up and so on, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And of course, uh, in this country, uh, that's probably on the cards, Grant, because uh, you know when uh, fuel prices go up and of course, we've got the looming carbon tax, all these things push inflation up. And uh, when inflation goes up, interest rates go up and uh- Uh, I know with interest, Grant, that uh, Air New Zealand is also pushing up their charges as well.
1: That's right, Steve. They've also increased their uh, airfares between uh, New Zealand and Australia for precisely the same reasons. It's all related to oil prices going up, and uh, it's a topic we've discussed quite a few times in the last few weeks, and I suspect it's going to be uh, the new tanker topic. It's going to keep uh, appearing on the radar for us to discuss for the next uh, few weeks and potentially months.
0: Uh, Such gloomy news, Grant. You know, I'd really rather go back to the air show i was much happier out
1: there i know i know it was great uh kc10s kc135s the whole new kcx thing finally being won but i mean it's great that uh i I know david's probably luxuriating in the fact that uh, he doesn't have to talk about the tanker anymore except uh aren't they going for kcy next
0: why well why not i say and uh
1: on that happy note
0: we'll leave it there until next week i'm steve fisher and i'm grant mccarran cheers folks